Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends, and then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Contrary to popular belief, I don't celebrate when my kids go back to school. It's funny you say that because my soundbite today was Mm. that back to school time is actually a depressing time for me because I won't have my children with me full time. Dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm DeVal. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. (laughs) Oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we Mm -hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. (laughs) We about to take (laughs) Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts right now. Uh, I'm going to talk about the last day of summer for the kids because it was a realization for one of our kids in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was Cairo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had just came back from Mexico mm-hmm. and we come and in the, the Bahamas. House, so in the Bahamas. Non-stop so fun. They had a really good time for about two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And we come back in the house and on the kitchen table is a pile up. Of school supplies. Don't even get me started on the school right. supply stuff. We'll talk about that later. And there is nothing more of a buzzkill <laughs> for kids <laughs> coming off a of vacation than seeing composition notebooks, Bruh. pencils, highlighters, sharpeners, loose leaf paper. Yep. So I'm sitting there at the table, right? And I'm I'm like, yo, I'm getting hyped. Well, yo, it's back to school. And I was like, yo, Cairo, I had my phone up because I was doing a video. I think y'all probably seen the video. I said, Cairo, man, you not excited about back to school? He rolled his eyes. <laughs> like, dad rolled his eyes. I was just like, yo, come here. Like, what's, what's the matter? He was like, nothing. And I was like, you not excited about going back to school? No. And I was like, yo, I used to be mad hyped to go back to school. Lies. I, I used to, yeah, it was all lies. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to create a different experience for my kids by... For sure. You know, lying about my excitement. <laughs> but I used to, I said to him, I said, I used to be excited. You know why I was excited? In the summertime, I didn't get a chance to see my friends. But now when I'm going back to school, I used to be excited because I get to see my friends. You not excited? This little Negro going to look me right in the face and say, that's because you didn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> Fuck a friend. I got Wi-Fi. No, he sees his friends because of Wi-Fi. He plays them. He plays them in the video game all the time. (laughs) He talks to them every day. So he's not missing his friends. And he has his brothers who are built-in best friends. Built-in best friends. That they're with each other all the time. So yeah, I was kind of tight. You're a little salty. I was a little salty, but then... And he was equally salty. He he was salty, but then I got salty too because I was like, man, I'm losing one of my best friends. Well, four of my best friends because they're going back to school. And I think what I did wrong was I had us vacation up until that Saturday because that's when your dad was trying to squeeze the trip. And so, you know, our kids are going back to school way earlier than New Yorkers. And he's like, all right, how long can y'all come for? And I'm like, we can come till that Saturday. And we have Sunday to recoup. And then school starts Monday. Monday, yeah. Don't nobody want to hear that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Them kids was pissed. Well, Jackson was ready to go back to school. He wanted to see his friends. Kaz didn't care at all. But Cairo... Cairo got me pissed because he said I ain't have Wi-Fi. A, B, C. Mm. As simple as one, two, two three. three. 
This easy do re mi a b c one two three baby you and me girl well hey get it do the dance right, let me stop clapping in the mic before triple get mad triple that was my fault you I mean, know michael can, jackson get me hype i can relate to the baby you and me part because it's actually been you and me yeah, since once they've been, been back, back to the abc's and the one two three yes yes all right now let's pay some bills we need to because i spent mad money on school supplies for the whole school apparently Having to mm. shop for these three kids. So we'll be back after these ads. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately... You can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushion. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs Classic Clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. All righty. And we're back. So story time was hilarious because Cairo literally was like looking like he was getting that much more depressed yeah. as the days <laughs> ended in Mexico because we started to kind of bump up their bedtime. Yeah. They were used to staying up all late till two, three in the morning. Your dad was coming to visit. They were watching yeah. movies till super late then sleeping till late. So you know how it is. You kind of have to retrain your body to get on that school schedule time because when you're waking up at six o'clock in the morning to head to first grade, 
it's not necessarily the most pleasant thing. Um, but it was interesting to me um, to really realize that I don't like to send my kids back to school. Like I really thoroughly enjoy having our kids at home with yeah, us. I feel like the pandemic quarantine stint where we had all of them at home and they was they were being homeschooled and virtual learning. I won't say homeschool. They were doing virtual learning. Mm-hmm. I don't want to discredit teachers because teachers were still teaching. Yeah. But um, it kind of gave me a sense of comfort that my my children were where we were. Baby. You know, and, you know, there's a fear that happens once you have kids. That's actually like your heart beating with arms and legs and the head walking around. Right. I in different places. different extra heartbeats walking around in different places. I just feel more comfortable when they're all in the house. I feel the exact so. same way as you. And I, I said it, I don't know if I said it on a podcast previously, but... In the mornings when I'm getting the boys ready for school and they're walking through the door, I'm literally like praying every single day, like, Lord, just please watch over them while they're not in my presence. Yeah. You know, keep them away from things that are not meant for them, like keep them away from danger. And, you know, you hear about all these school casualties that happen. And it's just that's every parent's fear every time your child leaves the house. And it doesn't just have to be school. But for the sake of the topic today, um, we're talking about summer being over, the kids back in school, getting them back out of the house every day. Um, which is kind of a relief in a sense because we do get a chance to kind of yeah. decompress a bit, yeah. chat. We get to work. We get to film the podcast for you guys. Um, but the headache that comes with back-to-school shopping, homework assignments, projects. Then there's the after-school schedules, right? All the activities, all the practices, all the games. Then knowing that my weekends aren't my weekends anymore because mm-hmm. football games and then eventually basketball games. The morning wake-ups. Like, it should not be a thing to have to wake up before the sun. No, it's messed <laughs> Talk up. Talk about waking up and feeling depressed. It's messed up the because, kids gotta do that. Because, yeah, it's super dark. Um, you know, so I we're just going to show. Take, I have an interesting take on this. I want to hear, first I want to hear you like, go over what it is to plan in the morning to get these kids ready for school. Okay. And I, I want you to go through all of that and I'm going to give you my interesting take. Well, I haven't even discussed this with you yet because I wanted you to be, like, I wanted to be authentic when I tell you what I believe. Okay. So you tell me what, what first of all, how much did it cost to, <laughs> I was to buy say, let's school start. supplies, clothes, all of that? Okay, so one thing that I've realized in now having four children, a husband, and then all the stuff we have going on career-wise as individuals and collective, planning and organizing needs to be on the forefront of everything for us, right? Mm-hmm. So me knowing that, okay, summertime is two months. I know by the time I blink, these two months are going to be over. Mm-hmm. So how do I, A, maintain spending time with the kids, quality time, allowing them to have some fun with their friends, um, also, too, making sure that um, you and I are clearing our schedule to be deliberate, deliberate about having time with them. Like, there's so many things that went into right. my mind foreseeing what the two months was going to look like. I knew that we were going to be on our vacation and then having our family vacation, then the extended family vacation left me very, very little room to do back to school shopping. And one thing I was trying to avoid doing was throwing bows up in Target. Mm-hmm. Or Walmart trying to fight over the last binder because it can get very, very hairy out there. Mm-hmm. The kids each have, for each class, a list of supplies that the teachers are requesting in order to get them through the school year. Mm-hmm. So they get everything in bulk. And I'm assuming there's some place that they store everything. But also, too, what I've learned in having my rants on my Instagram stories and TikTok mm-hmm. and whatnot is that when you're shopping for back to school and they're requesting, for example, three boxes of 24 count crayons, it's not three boxes for your child. There may be some children in the class who may not be able to bring all those supplies in. Or teachers said that kids don't like to uh, color with crayons that have been used. So after a while, when they start to look a little ugly, they want a new wait, set wait, of crayons. Wait, 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 wait. Tell me, I, I got to go back there. Mm-hmm. They ask you to buy three boxes of crayons just in case another kid doesn't have crayons. Yes. That's what, when teachers were writing into me, because I, I made a comment about like, why does Cairo and Kaz need six boxes of crayons collectively, three apiece for their classes? And some teachers said that you're pretty much providing a backstock because there may be children who don't have supplies or can't bring supplies in, or some can bring in one box and not three. And the teacher needs to get through the school year because we already know the struggle teachers have for supplies just getting from the government. I understand that. I just don't understand. We pay high property taxes here. <laughs> Chow. High property taxes. Chow. To send our kids to the best public schools here in this area. On top of the high property taxes, you want me to buy crayons for other people's kids? We got four kids. What about the people like us who have four kids? Mm-hmm. 
This stuff ain't cheap. Now, you know me, I don't mind helping people as much as I can. Yeah. But that's wild. Yeah. That's, that's wild. So these high what, taxes, the school can't provide uh, crayons? I guess, you know, teachers get what they get. But I've seen a lot of teachers. I don't expect with, the teachers to provide it. No. The that's school, why, we pay high property taxes. Them schools need to be providing crayons. So we might need to be up in some uh, some board meetings and whatnot no, to see where real. the hell the money's going. They teachers, need more crayons Teachers shouldn't have to provide it neither. Of teachers already not. don't even get paid enough. So to ask a teacher to provide the crowns is asinine. And any teachers who I know, they tell me how much out of pocket they end up spending just the because time. they want their children to All have that experience. So being a parent who is totally in solidarity with my children's teachers, whatever y'all need to make the experience that much better for the children and to make your job that much easier, I'm willing to do it. But I've even seen teachers posting their wish lists for back to school on Amazon because they can't get everything they need through the schools. You know it's how much wild. money the government puts into defense? Like, we spend trillions of dollars a year on defense, and we start wars. But we don't put no money into early childhood education. That's crazy. Welcome to America. That's crazy. Welcome to America. So all That's that to say, um, the preparation process, I knew, let me go shopping before, you know, everyone is out there. So it was easy for me to do school shopping this time around. I did it in peace. The stores weren't crowded. Everything was in stock. I got everything that I needed. Now, approaching back to school, your original question was, what does it look like in the morning for me getting the boys yes. out the door? Um, I'm very big on what the day looks like for them, like setting the tone for the day, because I feel like we've had moments in the past with Jackson. I know you told the story before about, you know, us having an argument in that morning and it kind mm -hmm. of spilling over into Jackson's day and him mm -hmm. walking out of school feeling like, damn, daddy was mad at me all day when it had nothing to do with him and everything to do with our situation. Right. So from that day forward, I... I am deliberate, too, about making sure that I'm waking them up in a good mood. I'm singing a song, and as annoying as it probably <laughs> sounds to them in that moment, because they're like, here she comes and singing. But um, I'm, oh, I'm waking them up. Time and, to get up. You know, I'll Time give to get up in the morning. That was my mother every day. Oh, she had the song, too. Time to get up. I don't know what it is. Time to get up in songs. the morning. <laughs> So they'll wake up and then this is the time too when I'll give them an option like, hey, what do you want for breakfast? So it's like, all right, typically we'll just make one breakfast and everybody eats it. But I know what it's like having to get up at six o'clock in the morning. Shit, I don't want to be up, much less you got to be up. So I'll give them the option. Okay, what do you want mommy to make for breakfast? So mm. usually they never want the same thing. One wants cereal, one wants waffles. All this stuff. Y'all keeping Fine. mental notes all this. Remember this. So they get their, their breakfast in the morning and then after they're doing breakfast, I'm typically packing lunch. And then once the lunch is packed, I send them upstairs because their clothes is already out and I try to get them into the habit of taking out their clothes the night before so we're not scrambling in the morning because to me it's like you take 10 minutes to pull take your clothes out iron your clothes have it laid out that's 10 more minutes you can sleep that's the logic so they go upstairs they change come back down and then it's hugs and kisses lunch boxes backpacks out the door copy and then i go back to bed when i can <laughs> so get me a couple more minutes to sleep this is what i've noticed about my jamaican and Vincentian wife and my Jamaican mother-in-law. You guys love to do a lot of stuff for these kids mm -hmm. that they can do for themselves. Like? Number one, breakfast in the morning. Mm -hmm. Number two, getting clothes out at night. Mm -hmm. This is just my take on it. I grew up in a home, my grandparents and my parents. But my grandparents, they had three young men they had to take care of. It was mm -hmm. me, my cousin Devon, and my brother Brian. Before Tori came, to when Tori came, then it really became a bigger thing because Tori was ten years, nine years younger than me, mm -hmm. and Nana had to do her hair. Mm -hmm. Nana didn't believe in perms and stuff, so she did Tori's hair every morning. Mm -hmm. So you know whose responsibility it was to get ourselves ready? Yeah. Us. Yeah. And I'm talking about early. I learned how to cook full breakfasts, bacon, eggs, Cheese, pancakes, French toast, waffles, mm -hmm. as early as six years old. Mm -hmm. At eight years old, I was getting myself ready for school and my brother ready for school and then walking him to school when I was walking to school. Mm -hmm. But what it did was it taught me a level of independence mm -hmm. very, very early because my parents both worked nine to five. So they had to be up early and get ready to get up and get out the house. Mm -hmm. They didn't have time to do all of that stuff right. that uh, you do for the kids and your mom does for the kids. But what it did was it taught us a level of independence. When it came time for breakfast in the morning, I would get up, grab me a cereal. If I wanted grits, I knew how to make my grits. If I wanted eggs, I would make a quick eggs. But most of the time, I would grab something quick, a bagel, throw it in a toaster with some waffles or something. And then for lunch, I would make my own sandwich. Make my own sandwich, throw a piece of fruit in there, get a box juice, 
So, and this was back in the day. We didn't have like super cool lunch boxes. I would just have a plastic wall bombs bag. Mm-hmm. I would throw it in my plastic wall bombs bag. I would throw it in my book bag and I would just walk to school. And that mm-hmm. was at eight. Mm-hmm. So when I look at our boys, it would help you a lot and mm-hmm. your mom early in the morning. Jackson is 12. Mm-hmm. At 12, I was taking a bus to school. Ja- yeah. My brother was taking a bus to school. Mm-hmm. Jackson can get up on his own, iron his own clothes, get his yeah, breakfast and be out the house mm-hmm. without... Anybody having to be up. Oh, you totally I know can. you like to be up so you can see him off. And I like to be up to see him off because even when on days when I, I can sleep in, I'll typically get up and just watch him walk. Like yesterday you were laughing at me mm-hmm. because I watched him walk all the way out of my sight. Right. And he kept looking back like what? And I was just <laughs> yeah. watching him, yeah. you know. But I do feel like as parents, there has to be a level of independence we give to our children, especially early. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say this is because of this. If Jackson is late to school. Mm-hmm. The consequence for him to be in late to school in sixth grade, seventh grade, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. But when you late to work, you mm-hmm. get fired. Mm-hmm. When you spend your whole life, someone being there to make sure you get up, make sure you get to class on time, make sure you do this, it creates a crutch mm-hmm. that you can't carry that crutch when you become a young adult, mm-hmm. when you get to high school, when you get to college. You know, if you late to uh, team meetings in college, you lose your scholarship. Mm-hmm. In high school, you late to practice, you get kicked off the team. Mm -hmm. Teaching them at the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school to have responsibility for themselves. And then you look at their report card and be like, yo, you were late to school six times. Why were you late to school? There's no consequences, but at least they learn what they have to do to be on time. I completely understand. You know what I'm saying? You're you're absolutely right. And and don't get it twisted. I'm not doing every single thing for them. When I say... Mm -hmm. Taking clothes out, it's me more so getting them into the rhythm of doing it. Not that I'm doing it for them, but you know, Cairo's not gonna let nobody take his clothes out for him. He wanna dress himself. Mm-hmm. So he'll get his clothes out, but I wanna show them and teach them now in elementary school hey, mm-hmm. you wanna wear this tomorrow? That shirt's crushed. You need to get it ironed. Do it the night before. So for me, it's more about teaching a routine so that they will be able to Absolutely. do it now that at Jackson's age, he can do it. Another reason well, why I'm gonna not to cut you off. Cairo mm-hmm. and Kaz are too young to get up in the morning and do stuff on their own. Yeah. They're five and six. But when Cairo is eight, mm-hmm. going into third grade, like oh, yeah. third, Cairo needs to be doing all of this stuff by himself. Agreed. And, and he it's can the help. Progression, right? He can help Cass. Yeah. You know, because they, they do it so together. Cool. They do it together. That's how me and Brian mm-hmm. do. We were eight and six doing it together. So even think about from last year to this year. So now clothes are set out the night before. Mm-hmm. Last year, mom and I were upstairs dressing Cass, getting, you know, Mm. doing all of that for them. Now it's, you've had your breakfast. Awesome. While I finish up making lunch, they go upstairs, they brush their teeth, wash their faces, mm-hmm. lotion, and then they come down already dressed. So then it's just right. put your shoes on, grab your backpack and you leave. But I also like that morning experience with them, Jackson particularly, because Jackson mm-hmm. pretty much does any, everything on his own. Oh, I want waffles for breakfast. All right, come down, throw your waffles in, mm-hmm. grab them and go. Um, but I don't get much time with them when the school year happens, when it starts. Right. Right. You know, if you don't see mom in the morning and then you go to school all day, you get home at school from school at 4.30, 4.45, Jackson gets out late. And then he has an hour before he's in practice for two hours. He gets home from practice at 9 p.m. That's the whole day I don't see my child. Yeah. So I want to be up in the morning. And your parents had to do that with you and your brother because they had no choice. Right. They had to go to work. Right. I'm sure if they had the choice and had the option, they probably would have been up with you guys. Absolutely. Not necessarily doing everything for you. My father would not have been up well, with no, us. Well, no, Scoop wasn't going no. to go for you. My mom would have got up. Have, my mom yeah. would have got up. My father was not getting no. up. But my whole point is, is as daunting as the school year can be for parents, especially parents with multiple kids, my point is, is that if you teach your kids to be independent early, it doesn't have to be daunting. Mm-hmm. It is as simple as my mom, by the time I got to fifth grade, here was school shopping. We did all of the school shopping. Mm-hmm. I had already figured what I wanted to wear. I would lay myself yeah. out the night before. And yeah. once the school year started, my parents only saw me on the weekends or when we went to open school night. And my parents went to every open school night, no matter how good my grades were, because they wanted to show that they were involved and supportive. Of course. But the routines in the morning to get us ready and stuff, Mm -hmm. that that doesn't have to be an issue for parents. Right. And I feel like for us, the last couple of years, that's been part of the most daunting part of the mornings Mm -hmm. because they're young. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if we had four kids Jackson's age, we probably would just be like, see y'all on the weekends oh, absolutely. or see y'all when y'all get home. But I I honestly feel like when Cairo and Kaz get to second and third grade, mm-hmm. they'll be able to move on their own. Mm-hmm. I do feel like that. I feel like you'll wake up, you'll see them off. 
but you won't have to spend two hours getting up doing all this. You know, because typically oh, you're no. up at six, mm-hmm. and then by the time Jackson's leave, Jackson leaves, it's eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's two hours. Yeah, I feel like by the time they get to that grade, mm-hmm. you'll just be up. Oh yeah, mommy loves you. Boom, boom, boom. Go back to sleep. Yeah, and we'll just have to take Dakota to right. daycare. No, absolutely. You know? It's, it's going to be that for sure. Like in the mornings, like you'll be asleep. I like you know for the past two weeks, I've been getting the boys ready. When it comes to Jackson. He sets his alarm. He comes downstairs. What's up, mom? Hey, what's up? What you want for breakfast? Waffles? Cool. Throw them in the toaster. I lay on the couch and literally just wait to see him out the door. Right. You know, because he's doing right. everything for himself at this point. So, and and I just <sighs> I really just wanted to point that out up. because the biggest challenge parents have had is waking kids up for school and getting them ready and then checking homework at night. And for and me, they having to go to work. Yes, because you have to go to work, but then you're also in school when your children are in school. One thing I will say is by creating this independent culture with our children, I never felt like I was in school with Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like we we allowed Jackson to, you know, we we got him tutors. You know, he does all his practice on his own, but mm-hmm. we got Those him a phone. Those are the resources, yeah. Yeah, we got him a phone when he turned 10 mm-hmm. so that he can send his alarm, so that he can make his schedule with his tutors and his coaches. Mm-hmm. And now it's at a point, two years into having this phone, so many people, so many parents get, uh, nervous about giving their kids phone because they're worried about what they can do on social media. But Jackson is so organized. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dad, I have my calendar. I know I I have all my contacts. And and I tell him, are you going to be late for practice for whatever reason? Yeah, let me call my coach. Mm -hmm. It's like we've created small adults. And this is just my message for parents. This is my take on it. I know you want to be involved, but if you can create a culture of independence with your children... Their school year don't have to become another list on your task of things. Mm-hmm. Now you can go out and and do what you need to do to provide them with the ability to do that. As opposed to, I spend three hours in the morning with these kids. Then I spend two hours at home with them doing homework at night. And I'm mm-hmm. upset and I'm tired and I don't have time for myself. Typically... It's because parents don't create independence and they yeah. feel like they have to, to be, do everything. They have to, right. They have to do because everything. Because my mom, as she's super helpful in the morning, especially those two years where I was pregnant and then recovering yeah. after having Coda and I was with him most of the time and up late at night. She's been up in the morning getting them ready for school. But she sometimes I can hear her getting frustrated. Right. And Jackson, aren't you going to be late? One morning I had to say to her, mom, if, mom, if he misses the bus... He misses the bus and then he's going to have to figure out how he's getting to school. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to be late. And then whose fault is that? His. Like, don't be down his back about it. Let him rock. See, that's, I'm glad you said that. Let him a, rock. A lot of parents won't understand that. Allowing children to face consequences when the stakes aren't high mm-hmm. is how they learn responsibility. That's it. Let him be late to middle school and have to figure out and then come in here and wake his dad up because he missed the bus. Mm-hmm. And then now he has to deal with a frustration. Let him feel what that feels like so that he'd be like, you know what? I'm going to just make sure I get up 15 minutes earlier. You know Prime what I'm saying? Prime exam- example. Jackson just got contacts. Hmm. New to contacts. Literally hmm. a couple of days before school started. Not even. Or the first yeah. week of school. Because he needed the contacts to wear for football. Yeah. His goggles for basketball can't fit under his helmet. So I say to Jackson, these contacts are still new. There's a learning curve with them. Mm-hmm. You may feel a little discomfort. One might fall out. You just never know. And you and I are not contact or glasses wearers. No. So we're trying to educate ourselves on it about yeah. it. So they recommended at the eye doctor that he put the contacts in in the morning but take your glasses as backup right? just in case something goes wrong throughout the day. You're not stuck. Jackson, since they mentioned that, do you have your backup glasses in your backpack? Yeah, mom, I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have about two or three pairs of glasses you've been wearing. How about you just keep one in your locker at school as like your school glasses? They never come home. Mm. And then you have your home glasses that you can wear when you don't have your contacts in. Yeah, I know, mom. I got them. I already did. I got it. Okay, yeah. Jackson, do you have your backpack? glasses and i and only for the first couple of days i reminded him because again the contact thing is new right but he gets very annoyed when i ask him because yeah. he feels like i'm just being mom jackson goes to school first period mom i write eye contact doesn't feel good okay so what are you gonna do i'm gonna take them out because he's texting me this i said yeah take them out if you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. then just take them out put your glasses on i see the little bubbles pop up and the bubbles go away. <laughs> the bubbles pop up and then the bubbles go away. And I said to myself, this Negro don't got his glasses. Mm-hmm. So said, so done. A text message comes through. Mom, I know I have to be more responsible, but mm-hmm. I left my glasses at home. Mm-hmm. I've been saying every morning. So now, now you're going to have to get through the day with no glasses, right? 
so now you're going to have to feel what that feels like. And he already yeah. knew. Like yeah. at that point, I didn't have to lecture. I didn't have to scream. I didn't have to go back and yeah. forth. When he came home from school, I didn't even make it a thing. Because then you had to feel what it was like for A, mom to be right. And B, what it was like to not have your glasses for the day. That's how things work out. Now, luckily, Papa Scoop was in town. And Papa Scoop took his glasses back to him because that's what grandparents do. No, that's he because text, you he told... He texted Papa Scoop to him and was like, can you bring him back? To ask Papa Scoop. Yeah. And if Papa Scoop said no, hey, it was going to be no. You know what daddy would have said if he'd have texted that? Tough luck, kid. <laughs> I'm, not hey. even, I'm not even giving... You, you got to figure that out. You got to figure and it that, out. And that's, and that's just my point. It's like, moms tend to try to solve the problem for them, especially your sons. Mm -hmm. Because your mom solves all of your brother's problems, mm -hmm. but will let you and your sister drown. <laughs> <laughs> like, Literally. And I, and I guess that's Drown just holding hands. moms and their sons. And just like me, like if it was my daughter, I'd probably run to the school and take her to my daughter in a heartbeat. Right. But because it's my son, right. he has to learn. You're you know like, what I'm saying? So, and, I, and I'll be I'll be honest with that. If I had a daughter, I'd probably be a sap. I'm not even going to lie. I'd be a sap. Like I, I, I would probably do, you'd probably hate me because I'd probably do more for her than I do for you. Because I'm a sap when it comes to you and you're not my daughter, you're my wife. Period. That's how we don't have no daughters because <laughs> I need all the sap. Give it all to me. <laughs> but my thing is, those moments of consequences yeah. is what they remember. Yeah, consequences when, when and problems solving. When mom saves them or dad saves them, they mm -hmm. now feel like no matter what I go through, mm -hmm. my mom and dad will save me. And the sad truth is mom and dad can't always save you. Yeah. So I'd rather you develop a skill of learning how to save yourself. You that's Isn't that the biggest problem thing? Problem solving. Be solution Oriented. oriented. That's a big thing in this house here. I, I, I tell Jax all the time. Big okay, thing in our well, house what here. are you going to do? We're not going to harp on what's going wrong. No. How can we now fix it? And that's, and that's, and that's what we had to do. What we try to tell. That's what we're trying to tell parents now. Yeah. Is be solution oriented with your children when they're mm -hmm. going through issues at school. Don't always be the one that got to go save them. Mm -hmm. Ask them what the problem is and say, well, what's your plan? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. Well, come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to come up with a plan. Well, let's discuss some steps to come up with a plan. But I'm not going to come up to the plan with you. Because mm -hmm. what if I wasn't here? Yeah. What would I, if, if I was off somewhere filming? Mm -hmm. What if your mom was, was hosting something and yeah. you had to figure it out? You had to figure it out. And that's and a lot well, of times ultimately it, what it is. Yeah, it becomes that. Because even on the, the run of show today, Triple asked, like, what are some resources that we take advantage of to help fill in the gaps and things that we may still need. Like the gaps are when Deval and I are both traveling for work. Yeah. And, you know, we may have to rely on, you know, our village, which is extended from Mimi and Papa who live with us full time. That's if Deval, yeah. Deval's father comes into town or, you know, we've made really good friends and got closely connected with some of yeah. Jackson's teammates, friends, parents, families. So we can lean on them for the support mm -hmm. that we need Every now and again. So sometimes relying on the village is very important. Yeah. Because I know you two feel like, you know, even though your mom and dad did the best that they could with trying to make sure that you guys had everything you needed to be set up for success when he got to school, you at eight years old was having to walk your brother to school and got lost. You remember that time you said you yeah, got we lost? Got lost. First day you of know, school. First day of school. Walking, walking to school. And, you know, but at that age, you had to do what you had to do, right? I had to be solution oriented. I yeah. had to look at these street signs and had to, I remember this is the first time we moved to Canarsie. We moved there in January. They didn't let us walk around often, but I mm -hmm. remember driving home and my father pointing out stuff. You notice that the, it's numbers and it's letters to our house. Mm -hmm. The numbers go up this way till you get to 108 and they go down all the way till you get to 98th Street and then it's Rockaway. Mm -hmm. The letters go from Avenue J, it's Flatlands Avenue J, all the way to Avenue N and then it's Seaview. My father went over those things with me right. when driving so that when to I got sure lost, I remember getting to Flatlands, I remember saying... So if I walk this direction, I got to see Jay. Mm -hmm. So we walked up the wrong direction to Flatlands first. And I was just like, Glenwood. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, nah, this is the wrong way. Or this is a big street, yeah, not I was a big like, street. Nah. Maybe this isn't it. Yeah. <laughs> so then I went right back to Flatlands and then I walked the other direction. I said, okay, Avenue J. So I'm walking in the right direction because yeah. I'm like, J-K-L. Then when I got to J, I was like, all right, well, don't give people the whole address. I'm not going to give them the whole address, but I started looking and right. I'm like, oh, so this is where the numbers are. Mm -hmm. But it was my father being solution oriented and be like, you know, it's going to be an opportunity where you may not be here. And I remember like, okay, dad, okay. But yeah. then when it happens, when it happens, I knew what to recall. I, I knew what to say. Oh, this is what my father said. And I just want to implore parents to do the same thing with their children. Here's the big thing. Do it through the summertime. Don't expect it to start. One thing I'll say about Kadeen, Kadeen has been on these kids about reading, doing their ABC mouse, 
doing they have tutors year round. Uh, Roger does their math tutoring year round. This way, they're always in a position of learning, mm-hmm. so that when it's time to go back to school, they're not they don't have fatigue from sitting in the right. classroom because they've had an hour or an yeah. hour and a half every day in the summertime where you had to sit still. And focus on whatever it is we need you to focus on in this time. It's called the summer slide. There's a name for it where children pretty much in the summer slide and they lose the concept of structure. They lose some things academically. It's having to kind of relearn and reteach and go over. It's like having to watch the episode of something because the season took forever to come back. Yeah, watch the recap. Wasn't wasn't that an American thing? Because it was a comparison as uh, compared to other cultures that go to school year round and mm-hmm. they were saying that america is one of the few countries that take a full two month break or two and a half month break it's 10 week break i think right oh is it i think so there was you said it's called the summer slide but i remember they i don't know did, if it was specific to america i'm not sure about that i remember there was a study mm-hmm. and they were talking about shortening the actual school week mm-hmm. and not doing five and doing a four-day school week but then sending to kids sending kids to school year around Oh, this way, they I didn't see. deal with the summer slide. The summer slide, but now yeah. they had three days off. Gotcha. Every every week, and then so sometimes the school you'll year have, is only, or the school week is only like a Monday to Thursday. Right, but it's it would year be like, round. Yeah, it'd be a Monday to Thursday year round. But would they still have like breaks? Like, yeah, they would still have summer like break. breaks. And yeah, stuff? they would have. Okay. They would have not like, summer break. Hell no. They would have winter break. <laughs> right. They would have a Christmas holiday. Right. Because winter break is more... February. Yeah. And you have the so they were talking about two year breaks within the spring break, two year breaks throughout the year, but they go to school year round. Oh, okay. Our kids realistically go to school year round. The fact that they have tutoring yeah. and ABC Mouse and Mimi Suri. How structured Jackson is. Even while we were in the Bahamas, he was like, I still got Roger homework to do. With. We were in a different country. Bro, I was like, tell Roger that you, you got the week off because you're on vacation. And, and he, he was said, just like, nah. well, I got to make up my sessions. And I'm yeah, like, he was like, nah. I'm like, you can take the week off from Roger. And he was just like, I got to make up. Like, no, I have stuff to do. So in Mexico... They were playing with their cousins and everything, yeah. but best believe when they woke up in the morning before we went to breakfast, Cairo did his little 20 minutes of homework. And I love them for that because again, it just shows that outside of us controlling what that looks like yeah. for them, they are taking it upon themselves to have the relationship with their with their coaches and their mm. mentors and their teachers. Yes. And they're holding each other accountable. Yes. And Jackson is setting things up for Cairo so Cairo can do that. And the same thing will happen with for Cass. Kaz and Dakota. And that's, that's one thing too, I, I will say. We have developed our own style of learning mm-hmm. with the kids. We didn't. We don't pay for private schooling. Mm-hmm. What we do is we supplement their education with tutors and with, for example, like iReady or mm-hmm. when you got the um, the coding classes mm-hmm. for Jackson. Right. We supplement their education with our own forms of education that go year round. I also work very closely with their teachers. Yes. So Cairo's teacher last year, for example recommended that he tests for the TAG program. Same yes. thing with Jackson. And then I'm on top of them about what the school year is going to look like moving forward. So Cairo, for example, we knew that was far ahead in kindergarten, but because of his age had to yes. be registered into kindergarten. So his teacher said, I'm going to recommend that when he goes into the first grade, he may be doing second or third grade level work. Right. And they work with them independently so that where they're not bored. Because I think a part of that for Cairo was just knowing yeah. like, I know all this stuff already. Like yeah. I know it. And the minute kids get to a space where they're bored, then they become become disruptive. disruptive. And you never want your child to be labeled as that. You always want to keep them challenged and engaged. And the best way to do that is to make sure you have a close relationship with the parent and teacher. So that way we know that we're working in partnership with each other to make sure that the kid has the best experience. And and it sounds sounds like a lot, but it's it's not a lot. It's as simple as we get emails from teachers every day. Everything is very uh, electronic now and Mm -hmm. virtual. So we get emails. We respond to the emails. Mm-hmm. You know, when we get an email on a Monday of what's going on, when Kadeen checks all of the progress on, she checks every week mm-hmm. and she responds with what's needed. She asks questions. Oh, for sure. And we, we go over it with I'll the kids. I'll be all up in there. You do, you do be all up in there. You <laughs> volunteer. I'll be all you, up in there. Yeah, I try to be. You read the classes. Yeah. Um, and, and because you can, you know, we don't have traditional jobs, so mm-hmm. everybody can't get there. But one mm-hmm. thing you can do is keep track of everything electronically. Oh, for sure. And just this, an email. The last thing I know base. we have to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Just listen to what I'm saying. Don't be afraid while the stakes are low to let your child struggle at something and let them figure out how to become better at it. We as parents tend to do this. Child has a project. Mm-hmm. The child's project then becomes whose project? <laughs> Our project. That's what we feel like. Right? 
then we end up sending back a 150-page dissertation on snowmen because now we're doing our children's Christmas project. The ubiquitous melancholy. You know what I'm what saying? What show is that from? The Cosby Show. The Cosby Show. <laughs> and, and But seriously, if your, your kid or your child is struggling at something, mm-hmm. be in constant communication with the teacher. Ask the teacher how they can help, but let the child go through these things when the stakes are low. Yeah. Okay, you got an 85 in math in third grade. It's not the end of the world, but mm-hmm. now you know you have to work on, what are they working in third grade? You have to work on fractions. Mm-hmm. The only way they know that is if you let them fail a little bit. You got mm-hmm. an 85, you could have got 100, but you messed up on the fractions. If you correct all their stuff and now they're getting hundreds all the time because mom and dad is doing the work, They'll feel like they got it. And then when they get to a place where you can't help them, which is that common core math, because if you was born in the 80s like me, that Chill. common core math going to fuck your ass up. Try Ain't nothing common to, about it. Try, try and do Ain't that. Ain't nothing common about it. You want to say common sense? Everybody don't have that. Well, it's common core. Everybody don't have that gene, and I don't. Ain't nothing worse than looking at your child test scores be terrible knowing that you did their homework. <laughs> But ain't nothing worse than looking at that and being like, but so, can so you wait, imagine? How, so what? We got a sixty because of what? We 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 got a sixty. <laughs> wait, the collective. Let me call your teacher. And figure out. But uh, I did that with Jackson this past year in sixth grade. You I did. knew there was going to be a transition into middle school. I was trying to take the approach of saying, okay, Deval had all of the sports stuff, mm-hmm. you know, under control, and I did the academics. But Jackson, Jackson is like a naturally smart kid, so he will just listen in class and be able to kind of regurgitate that on a test without with yeah. minimal studying. Me trying to show him different study tactics and ways to kind of organize his books, his thoughts, um, making notes. Like everybody studies differently. Everyone learns differently. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to give him different methods to help him study. I realized through the course of the year that Jackson was doing really well getting 90s and whatnot with doing maybe little to no studying. Mm -hmm. At the end of the school year, when he looked at all of his grades, still 90 plus average, he saw that there was so much room for improvement. Instead of getting a 92 average, I could have gotten a 97 or 98 Mm -hmm. If I had just taken a couple, Applied, yeah. a couple, you know, minutes at night to go over something the night before, I let him do that because again, the stakes are low. He's still trying to learn and adjust to middle yes. school and figure things out. Sixth grade. So then now in seventh grade, he came to me and said, "Yo, mom, I'm really trying to be valedictorian in my class. What I got to do?" Mm. I said, "All right, if you down, I'm down. So I'm going to show you how you know studying yeah. can take place and what you can do to make that happen. But it's again putting the ball in their court when the stakes are low and just being there to support them through the yeah. school process. All right, let's recoup some of that money that we spent on school supplies. You spent uh, on school supplies. That I'd have been arguing with that teacher. The collective. No, no, no. That's come from <laughs> your pot. Cause ain't no way I'm buying six box of crayons after paying all these Man. damn taxes. And then I need to, to speak to an administrator. And then Please. trying to figure out. You should have seen me. It was like one list here, one list. It was three different lists. I'm trying to shop in one cart, divide it. You know, it was amazing. But I low key love back to school shopping. So that. that was kind of like excited. All right, we'll be back, y'all. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs Classic Clogs and Sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately... You can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs Classic Clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. 
Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. There's power in every purchase, because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. And y'all know I love my lip bar products. That's just one, to name a few. There is a whole collection of black-led products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart. That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine. All right, we're back. Let's get money. Kadeen and DeVal. This is our listener letter times. All right, you got it. Hey there, Kadeen and DeVal. I love you guys so much. Been following you since Jackson was on the Cheerios commercial. Wow. Oh my goodness, we were just talking about that. And when Kadeen had that fresh pixie cut, yes, me oh, um, wow, hunty, it was giving, honey. Okay, I'm thinking I might go back to that in like my 60s. We'll see where I am at that <laughs> point. I might be going bald by then. You know, I'm not going to claim that. Don't I am not going to manifest that because it runs you in my look family. Good though, bald. You would look good though. Okay, I don't. So back to the question. <laughs> Kadeen, your body goals. Thank you. I just feel like I'm just in the space of trying to get myself back together. My edges are coming back in. I've been drinking my water, minding my business and working out. So I appreciate you. Thank you for acknowledging that. Like you, like you are inspiring me to unbig my back. <laughs> <laughs> unbig my back. That's been Did the movement this somewhere? summer. Yeah, that's been like the thing this summer. It's unbig like trying back. to unbig your back. So I get it. I'm in support. I'm in support of you. So I wanted to know how you guys handle your friendships. I know you've probably had the same group of people around for years, but now that life has nope. changed with more success, what does loyalty look like to you? Is it still easy to trust people? Nope. I'm currently dealing with a friendship breakup and it's so hurtful. I feel like I can't trust anyone anymore and that loyalty is just a myth nowadays. I just wanted your advice on how to deal with friendship breakups and how you've overcome them. I hope to hear back from y'all soon. Love you. Oh, man, we've all dealt with some sort of friend that seems to outgrow you. I think some friends are as cliche as it sounds. Some there for reasons and for seasons. Um, and yes, I have had my close group of friends um, for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are some people who I've met later on in life who have shown themselves to be good, very authentic, good people. Good people. Um, and my friends laugh. My, my, my solid group of friends who I've had for like, you know, one or two decades will laugh and be like, here, Kadeen, go with a new friend. Like, just now, I think Tiffany and Christina were laughing like, who's Coda's godmother? Who is she again? Like, what? Y'all got a new friend? And they'll joke on me about it. It's because I, I tend to, you know, we're, we're social people. Yeah, we're social we people. We do make friends, but I think that God also gave me discernment to kind of see people yeah. for who they are. And I always pray for that, especially as things in our life begin to change yeah. even more. Um, but I do have a friend that kind of, Things went awry. And I say awry because maybe awry isn't the right word, but I was very confused as to why she was starting to pull away from me as a friend. Mm. And this was when Cairo was a newborn. Um, and I kind of took it upon myself to just, well, A, I thought it was something that I had done. So um, mm. I reached out when I noticed that the conversation was becoming that much more or less frequent. Mm. Um, there were excuses that were coming up when time came to hang out. And I mean, this is somebody who I hung out with all the time, like mm -hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, like we were, we had a mm -hmm. rotation every week, um, particularly through college years mm -hmm. um, and after. So when Skyro came along, I was kind of like, man, I don't see her as much anymore, but I know that she was on um, a journey religiously. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, if it means that we can't hang out in the places that we used to hang out before mm -hmm. um, or partake in the things that we used to partake in, you can't drink anymore. I'm in full support of your, your um, mm -hmm. spiritual journey. I just want to know what it is so I can alter that. So if we can't go to the club or the lounge, you can come to my house and we can order takeout and we can sit and we can drink water. Like I, it didn't matter to me because the friendship mattered more. Mm -hmm. And then I realized um, that she was still kind of not opening up to what the problem was. And instead of me internalizing it, I kind of reached out to some of her immediate closer family mm -hmm. and friends and to kind of see like, hey, have you noticed the change in her? 
And they all kind of noticed the change. And Mm -hmm. they said, hey, it's not you. She's just on a journey by herself. Mm -hmm. And the most we can do is love her from afar. And if she comes around, she comes around. But it did give me some relief. Um, I did mourn that friendship to an extent because she was somebody who I loved dearly. She was Mm -hmm. a very good friend of mine, you know, in my wedding. Like there were so many things that we shared together, so many moments um, since we were kids. And it just kind of ended abruptly with no explanation. Um, And part of me felt like, did she even really owe me an explanation? Or should I have just taken the signs and just moved on? So it took me a while to kind of get around that. um, But it gave me some relief and solace to know that it wasn't just me. So that was like my little friendship breakup. So I say that to say that with time, things can get better. And if someone rids themselves from your life, sometimes I don't even question it. It may be for the better. As I got older, I started to realize that no one owes you anything. And when people say stuff like, who can I trust? That's that's on you to decide. And I think it's our ego and our self-centeredness to feel like everybody around us has to earn our trust. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. The people around you just got to live their life. Mm-hmm. And you decide if you want to trust that person. For example, I have friends that I put in categories. There are some friends that I know, these are the people I hang out with just because I know that we got good vibes. I don't got to worry about no bullshit. This is what we do. We hang out. I have friends that all we do is discuss business, right? If I need to borrow money, I know who I can can get it from because I'll give it back to them. If they need to borrow money, I'm open to be like, of course, because I know they get it back to me. Mm -hmm. I have some friends who are just my confidants. We talk, all all we do is talk on the phone, you know? Mm -hmm. What happens with with people is they feel like if you're my friend, you have to fit in all the categories that I have for all these people. And if those people aren't good in every single category, then you shun them and be like, oh, I can't trust you because, you know, we hung out, but then... I asked you to borrow money and you wouldn't let me get the money. That person is not the money person. Right. Or you, you, the money person and that person is going to hang out with other people and they didn't invite you. Oh, we're not really friends. We don't have that type of friendship where we hang out together. Right. The truth of the matter is, is that your life, your life is your life. Everybody around you does not revolve around you. Mm-hmm. You make a choice as a person mm-hmm. if you're going to trust this person and what capacity you're going to trust that person. And then you let that person work out of that trust mm-hmm. if they do something. Mm-hmm. But this whole idea of loyalty means nothing anymore to people mm-hmm. is a reality check for people because loyalty is really, people are as loyal as their options, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and they're also as loyal as what you can offer them, mm-hmm. right? Because let's be honest about friendships. Friendships are only... Friendships because you offer me something and I offer you something. Mm -hmm. If I no longer offer you anything, I'm no longer useful to you. Are we going to be friends? Really? Probably not. If you don't offer me anything in the Mm -hmm. friendship, whether it's companionship, money, Mm -hmm. advice, sex, whatever it is, if you don't offer me what it is that I'm looking for in a friendship, the friendship dissolves. It's as clear as that. People want to make it more than what it is, but it's not. There are no obligations to friendships. We're not blood relatives. I can see that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why sometimes some friendships mean that much more than family, familial relationships. Because we made a choice. A choice to to be be in that friendship and to be in that relationship. But what you can't do is you can't create guidelines to all of your friendships and all the guidelines be exactly the same. That's true. Because friends have different purposes. And as you grow in life, like you have groups of friends and I have friends who... In that season, it worked because we were doing the same things. And then as you begin to change mindsets and go this way and they stayed here or they decided to go elsewhere, elsewhere, you no longer have things in common. So those commonalities that you once shared, you don't. Right. And you may have to, like I said, mourn the the idea of like, damn, I don't really want to hang out with this person anymore because we don't have similar interests anymore. Um, And then you tend to gravitate towards people who do. And that's okay too. That's okay too. I think the beauty in it is when you do have someone who can grow with you through phases of life. Absolutely. Um, you know, I have a couple of friends now who are my closest friends and I can pick up the phone and talk to you today and not talk to you for six months. You can text me today and I not text you back till four weeks later and there's no love lost. There's let me no ask you a question. Tabs. What, is, what is loyalty to you in a friendship though? I think loyalty to me in a friendship looks like in the moments that I maybe need you the most, you're accessible. Or you'll try to make yourself accessible. So the reason why I ask that is because you see how self-centered that definition can be for people. Because mm-hmm. you said in the moments you need me the most. Mm-hmm. 
what if I'm going through something and I can't be there for you? You can't be there. A lot of people show that as a, see that as a sign of disloyalty. Mm -hmm. When it's like, damn, I have to be there for you. And I'm not saying you in mm -hmm. particular, but yeah. how we view friendship. Right. The only way we can be friends mm -hmm. is if I'm there for you mm -hmm. when you need me the most. You're right. not even thinking about what I need. I don't think I don't think about people I'm, I'm and just what talking, they need. I'm not talking about you. No, I get I'm it. talking I'm about people's definition of, of loyalty yeah. and friendship. It always based on what they need. Mm -hmm. Think about how you just described it. Right. At no point in the description did you say, that's some person that I'm willing to be for no matter what. Immediately, your definition went to what you need. Well, I think it's, for me at least, it's understood that it's reciprocated. Because like I said, that's, but that's for not me, how... it's understood that it's reciprocated. Exactly. Some people it isn't. But that's my, my point is, is mm -hmm. that when we decide what we want to make friendship look like, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be understood that it's reciprocated. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you that you got to be there for what I need. Mm -hmm. That's very self-centered. Mm -hmm. And we all as humans have that same definition oh, for of sure. what friendship is. Looks like, yeah. I just asked you so that we can put it out there so we can see it. But we all say that. Mm -hmm. That's my friend because when I need them the most, they they're there. there. Yep. No one ever says, that's my friend because if he ever need anything, I got him. Right. No, it's, it's like I said, I should have led with that. You see what but I'm like saying? But like I said, for me, it's understood, you know? But for some yeah, people, it's, it's not. not. It's not. I get because it. Because when you say that, mm -hmm. and then that person can't be there for you in that mm -hmm. moment, maybe because they're going through something. Right. The first thing we do is be like, man, you ain't you even internalize that. Yeah. You're not loyal. Yeah. And that's when she asked about what loyalty is in friendships. I think we all as people need to start thinking, am I a loyal friend to demand loyalty from somebody? Because mm -hmm. I know. Firsthand, I'm gonna tell you right now, mm -hmm. the people I'm loyal to first is my wife, mm -hmm. then my kids. Mm -hmm. That's that's first. If my brother may need something and I can't be there because I'm doing something for my wife and my kids, mm -hmm. I have to choose them. If my brother takes that same approach, well, my brother couldn't be there for me, he's not loyal, mm -hmm. then we wouldn't be close no more. Right. But my brother, like you, is very big on reciprocation. Mm -hmm. He'll tell me, like, yo, if you got something for the kids. Right. Because he's like, he know. wants to be there for me. Right. But I think more people just need to think about how we can be there for our friends as opposed to our friends being there for, for us, us to show their loyalty. That's Absolutely. just my point. I get it. Totally. Makes yeah. a whole lot of sense. I hope that helped you, sis. In a very, like, very, very roundabout way, we got to answer the question. But really, that's just yeah. what we've dealt with um, personally in these friendships. So much love to you. Hey guys, I would love to stay anonymous. No problem. All I right, really enjoy anonymous. this podcast. Definitely one of my favorites. You guys are a blessing. You are a blessing too. Um, I've currently been dating my boyfriend for over a year. Our relationship started while a devastating death in the family had occurred. Although it was a highly stressful and depressive time, he made me feel seen, cared for, and appreciated. He was among great friends and family that helped me out of darkness. He is an immigrant and born outside of the U.S., we do share similarities and likes, but there are some things that we clash culturally. He has put effort into seeing me and spending time, but over time I've realized he doesn't enjoy going out as much as I do. I always initiate going out on dates, couple activities, and family functions. It's like pulling teeth while asking him to attend. He does work a lot and is supporting his family back home. He doesn't hang out a lot with his family with his friends either. I feel stuck because I want to enjoy more things with him outside of the house and have more time in general. I'm a person who thinks about how this relationship may unfold in the future, and I'm wondering if things will change. I value my significant other being around my friends and family more and putting in the effort to get to know them. He is also pretty quiet around them. I've also never met his family, which I can't because they aren't in the U.S. I've expressed these concerns, and he says he's tired and has so much financial responsibilities, which I truly understand. When we do hang out one to two times a week, it's a good time and I feel like I'm with my best friend. He's kind, attentive, and has a sense of humor. Best of all, he cooks. He has a lot of good qualities. I'm worried if this is just who he is or his ideology is based upon his current job schedule, which he wants to transition out of. I don't want to sabotage this relationship. But, oh, I don't want to self-sabotage this relationship, but I'm not in my early 20s anymore. The question is, should I continue investing into this relationship? Mm. I mean, he seems like a really good guy if he's so caring as to be, you know, taking... I, I think he has the classic story that most immigrant families do. And I know because mm. both of my parents are. And being two of the older siblings in the family, my mom, the oldest, my dad, like the second or third oldest, we they I, I've seen what it's like to have to yeah. come across. So I've heard at least because I wasn't born yet, but you come to America and then you work and then you send back home. Yeah. 
Um, and it's for nothing more than just the responsibility and the care that you have for your family and yeah. that level of, I guess, loyalty, as we've been talking about it, that yeah. you have to the family. So I think that speaks to the kind of person he is and the heart that he has. Um, but I can see where the um, conflict is for you as you're trying to build a relationship with him. I mean, what do you think, babe? Uh, I honestly feel like this reminds me of my mom and my dad because mm-hmm. my pops is a big, he, he likes to be inside. He likes mm-hmm. to watch films and chill with his his family and friends. He likes to have all his family around him. Mm-hmm. Whereas my mom likes to be out. Mm-hmm. My, mom likes, my mom likes to go on cruises. She likes to go to shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just a different of, of a difference of love languages, mm-hmm. right? And not so much love languages for each other, but love for life. Right. You know? Um, your mom and your dad. Your dad likes to be at home with all his Super family simple. and chill. Yep. Do nothing. Um, your dad wants to go see, your mom wants to go see things and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you shouldn't have to sacrifice the things you love because of the person you love. Mm-hmm. I do feel like they have to have a conversation and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully she can help him be more comfortable going out. You have to think about this. He's an immigrant who's who's in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you're from a foreign country, the safest place you feel it's, it's home. It's home. Yeah. You know, and it's not like America is the most open place for immigrants. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so he he may feel comfortable at home because he's not dealing with any of those issues or social right. issues that happen outside of his home. Right. So maybe if she can find a way to make him feel more comfortable going out. Oh, yeah. Then he'll be more open to it. Right. But also, um, and since she's the one writing in, just because he doesn't want to do those things doesn't mean you stop. My mm-hmm. mom will still go to shows without my pops. She'll grab her group of friends and mm-hmm. she'll go out. Mm-hmm. She'll go and do things. That's true. I was about to say, don't you know? let that limit you and stop you from doing the things that you want to do. But I do get right. that she may want to experience these things with him or maybe she's right. excited to show him the possibilities outside of home. But how about she do it the way you did it with Beyonce? Like, mm-hmm. no pun intended, but I, I could have cared less about going to see Beyonce. Mm-hmm. But you curated the experience in a way I could enjoy it so True. that we could enjoy it together. together yeah. You see what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. if she wants him to do some things, curate an experience so that he gets some things that he loves mm-hmm. while doing what you like. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, it's the same thing with your pops and your mom. Your yeah. mom does not like to entertain a lot of people. No. Nope. Your father likes to go out in the street and entertain people and then have people over. Mm-hmm. You know, so what do you do? You curate an experience to right. where... Your dad is like, you know what? I like to be around people. Let's have people come over in our basement. Right. So, Sharon, you could be upstairs chilling, doing mm-hmm. what you do, but I have my friends. Right. So now you get both of both the best the, of both yeah. worlds. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, totally. I completely yeah. get that. I think that would be a great little starting point, at least, of course, wrapped in conversation because we're yeah. all about the communication of things. And keep communicating with us, y'all, because we'd love to feature you as a listener letter. So email us if you have something that you want us to give our little two cents on at deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right, moment of truth. We're talking back to school. I think my moment of truth for back to school is um, though I struggle with the idea of my children being outside of the home, how I've I've contemplated ways to homeschool them, you know, not maybe not me, but having people do it because I just want them in my care, in my bosom, in my line of sight the entire time, because that's just what moms do. (laughs) They spent (laughs) enough time there. I've retired. It's all yours now. Don't worry. Yes, finally. But as much as I want to do that, I know that I won't be able to raise independent young men who are um, proactive and problem solvers and just ready to do and equipped to do things on their own if I'm always the one to be there to do it for them. So back to school, school year starts. It's all about supporting them through and teaching them the routines and allowing them and and giving them the space to grow, uh, to be independent while knowing that mom is here to support you through all the things. That's what's up. That's what's up. I um, I feel the same thing. My moment of truth is this. Uh, create a culture of independence amongst your children early and often so that as they grow throughout life, they can be in a place to solve problems right, and be solution-oriented. On top of that, I, I will be remiss if I don't mention this. Um, bullying is a very serious thing that's happening amongst yes. children in this day and age, especially virtually. Because they have access to things that we didn't have as parents that we don't understand. That's a fact. If you have children in between the ages of 7 and 18, right, do phone checks. Mm-hmm. 
Do phone checks, phone checks. And, and make it. And I don't care about your privacy. You don't pay the bill. Okay. I don't want to hear about it. Mom, I'm entitled to you. Ain't entitled to shit. <laughs> All right. You entitled to give me that goddamn phone. That's a fact. Because a lot of the things that happen with bullying doesn't even happen physically or in public anymore. Mm-hmm. It's happening behind closed doors and people are losing their lives over it. Yes. So let's do all each other a favor as parents in a in a community mm-hmm. of, of educators. One. Let's work on being parents in the home by checking our kids' phones, making Absolutely. sure they're being treated properly and make sure they're treating other, other people, people properly. properly as well. And, and make sure that teacher, the kids know that everybody's not going to be the same. Some yeah. people are going to be different. And while they are different, yeah. they need to be respected and you need to leave people alone. Facts. Treat them how you want to be treated. Facts. All right, y'all. Be sure to follow us on social media. We got all the socials, y'all. There's so many ways that you can keep in touch with us, okay? Find us on Patreon for exclusive Dead Ass Podcast content, as well as more Ellis Family content there, because we're keeping it fun in the Patreon world. Yeah. Um, but also on social media, follow the podcast page, Dead Ass the Podcast. And I'm Kadeen. I am. And I'm Deval. Oh, I am Deval. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate review and subscribe and if you get a get to the patreon page make sure that you is it subscribe subscribe to patreon yeah too, you gotta right? subscribe to patreon yeah, join. make sure you subscribe and join the us join on the patreon and get that exclusive content it's gonna be so fun because that ass is about to be lit for the next couple years let Man, me we got some things y'all. in store for y'all next couple months at least that's the foreseeable future for us but leading up to that next i'm putting it out there tour. years man years we putting it out there man we got some things i mean things let's in see it's up to y'all, y'all it's up to y'all if y'all keep listening keep watching keep spreading yes. the word telling a friend we might be here for years <laughs> or we might be here for a good time and not a long time. It just depends. Dead ass. <laughs> Dead ass is a production of iHeart Media Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead Ass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. One at Flatiron Plaza in New York City and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black-led products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.